Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, the venerable, the OutdoorLine.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Before I go any farther, I have to say happy birthday to my wonderful Kathy. Been married for over thirty years, and so so this birthday, so this means that we've been married for more than half our lives. So there we go. Which means she's probably not up listening to this. <laughs> um, actually, she was up when I left and having coffee, so I know that's the direction that thing's heading. So, anyway, good morning, my love, and uh, thanks for putting up with me. So, Joey Pyburn, sitting right next to me here, has a very important announcement. Well, it's that time of year where we're going to have to start pulling up the, the Bonneville Fish Counts page every day because something very exciting happened on January 9th. The first springer of the season made its way over Bonneville Dam. So you can, you can perform a little quick little statistical analysis. Last year, the first springer came over on the 13th. Yep. So this is four days earlier. Four days four earlier. Four days earlier. So, you know, four over 13 is like, well, we'll call that 33%. So right now... The spring run's going to be thirty three percent bigger than it was last year. Well, you which, heard it here first, which kind of is what their the forecast says, you know. Yes, yeah, because single point data analyses yeah. are always yeah. definitely the way to go. Um, but but no, I mean, here's the situation. It's it's like big runs have big bell curves. Now, is it a little premature to get flying off the handle? At one Springer over Bonneville, yes, but that's what we do here. That's what we do, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I, I just like, once they start going over, I love keeping track of what's going oh, I over do too, daily. Man. You, you know? Well, you can't not. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and if you've ever been to uh, the DART website, D-A-R-T, Data Access in Real Time, you can kind of perform your own little um, um, statistical runs. Yeah, you can runs. nerd out as much you, as you want. You can just completely go nuts on yeah. that deal. So you've been, uh, you've been chasing some ducks around here in western Washington. Yeah, yeah, our our good buddy Dave Lee had me up uh, to one of his spots in Duval, went up there with Chris Seniel, and, and uh, yeah, the duck hunting's kind of been a little bit stale, the the weather. Like, Dude, we straight up had a fall spring. Yeah. we I mean, Monday and Tuesday were absolutely pleasant, almost, you know, 55 degrees, flat, calm, and sunny. Yeah, I think I'm, a lot of the ducks feel like it's time to head <laughs> head north um, with this the temps we've had, and, and then a lot of them have moved up from down here to the Skagit, but the wet, they really haven't had any wind or weather to speak of, and the warm temps, those ducks, they don't really have to go anywhere. Dude, I, I cleaned out the smoker this morning, you know, brought some stuff in, I, I you know, we're going to be running Tom around. Tom delivered, it was still, still vacuum-packed yeah. <laughs> and still warm to me but, this morning. So, But I'm walking outside, and one of the motion sensor lights is on, here's a bug on the, on the wall. You know, just, just like a fly. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? But that's this weird... You know, a couple days of spring. I mean, stuff wants to bust out. Let's let's just calm ourselves down because you know February is going to give it to us night in the Probably ruts. Probably kick us in the yeah, teeth. Yeah, with a, with a with a snowstorm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's coming definitely. But uh, you know, I'll tell you what. What else is coming in in February is 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 Area Ten, and we're just absolutely breathlessly in anticipation of that. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I. I'm ready to um, maybe even clean my shotgun this year when I put it away. Oh my goodness! 
Yeah. What would what what would provoke such a behavior? Well, because I I've been doing some hunting on the bayfront in the saltwater, oh. and you know, yeah. here's a mm-hmm. tip, guys: if you here's go if you hunt the bayfront in the saltwater, uh, take your gun home immediately. Yeah, scrub it down yeah. and oil it. And, so because things will rust fast. I've got a had a couple buddies that that I used to work with that were. You know, ex-marines and and uh, you know they they and, and seals, right? And they they do what they call the seal shower, which is you bring your you bring your weapon into the shower with you after one of those deals and hose it off with with you know hot soapy water, mm-hmm. then go through and then then and then clean it. So if you do that, that's definitely going to be a Browning social media post. If you take the seal shower with your uh, with, with your Browning a bolt wicked wings, that, that would, would be, be that yes. would that would that would absolutely be special. See, I'm I'm not as detail oriented as your <laughs> seal friends i would my my version of that would be get salt water on your gun in the salt water go to a freshwater swamp and dunk it in there oh yeah there right you go. perfect yeah uh i've been doing uh my, my my reels have been through the seal shower this year i've uh all our all our all our all our winches have been back to the factory and took them up to KJ up at Holiday Sports and he he spooled them up and and uh, I mean it's so important to do that because if you just take a reel hose it off whatever set it in in the rod rack get, or or worse yet you leave it in the boat and you think that thing's going to be ready on opening day no 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 nope they you will know. be seized up and that's what I found too. Is the fact that, you know, especially some of our electrics, which um, there's a couple different places to store reels on on the boat. And uh, if you store one in a place that can stay moist, even if you take it out for the winter, that that work, uh, that damage can already be done, right? I mean, rust and corrosion just does not sleep, right? And the whole time you're not using your gear, your gear is still get degrading it's just like you, you your can, boat motor if yep. you just let it sit and you don't use it and you don't maintain it you're going to have issues and in the, in the you have some reels that never see the light of day they're backups yeah and they were down underneath the boat and there's always some you know it's very humid down there sure. and there's moisture in any and, boat yeah, yeah every boat yeah and uh yeah those things they just seized up speaking of boats um I get to go get. Is coming back. I get the sea. The 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 Duckworth Sea Beast migrates west on Monday. We're, and she's uh, very pretty. Oh man, they new so, paint job. Well, the cool thing is, we you know you and I basically are boat 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 hobos boat bows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we live on that boat, man. Yeah. For, I mean, you know, we're we're going to be on that boat for a couple weeks in in, in March in CQ. And then in April that thing's going to go to go to Southeast Alaska. And then, you know, so I'm going to be running that thing every day for, you know, for 5 weeks up there. Then it's going to come down here, we're going to do the Puget, Puget Sound, Sound deal. and, and then we're going to do Bowie 10. Yep. And and so and now back it's back here yep, and, all and, September. And then as long as we're given some opportunity. Yeah. That boat never stops working. So neither does research, and and so the Duckworth development process doesn't stop. And that's one of that's one of the reasons the boat went back there. We've we've added some kind of experimental rod holders to you know that are, that are solid mounted to the side of the boat, which are going to extend the rods ninety degrees to the gunnel. That's just a great place to either where, where you're when you're playing a fish. And you got a, you got a rod you need something to do with. It's just a perfect spot to just pop that thing in there, and it'll be forward and out, out of, the of the way, which is absolutely going to be key. 
Also, when we're when we're doing when we're mooching, it's a quick way to just set that rod right there. While we're jigging, it'll keep a couple jig sticks at the ready. It's going to be real interesting to see how that stuff works. But it's just little experimental stuff like that makes makes a big difference. We, we made made a couple changes to the floor. We made a couple changes to the transom and, and stuff. And then and then they 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 repainted a little bit of it too. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm actually heading down to uh, my our friends at Redneck Manufacturing. We had the bait table refabbed. So yeah. it's, so now it's the Terminator 2.0 bait table from Redneck that. It, but that's that thing was. That thing is, is was killer awesome. already, but you know, like anything, it was it was brand new. We we had the first one, so there were little tweaks. We we thought of stuff that would work better, positioning things, you know. So uh, the new table has a, a year of experience, and and we've kind of refined it and made it better. Yeah, and and same one of the reasons that uh, the Duckworth did some paint work on my boat too was again their constant improvement because what is the number one complaint with lumina boat manufacturers primarily is dissimilar metals and getting corrosion under the paint mm-hmm. and, and you get that bubbling yeah and and so now they're so so duckworth is always looking to improve you know duckworth wildcraft renaissance marine group and and trying to come up with you know zinc chromate primers and and metal etch that even goes under that and then a top coat on top of that and and their coatings it's going to be real interesting to see how this holds up cuz the other one wasn't bad no but but this but this is going to be this is going to be really cool we, really special i mean you think about what that boat's been through since 2019 and she was still beautiful. Um, so, you're going to have some dings and chips in a boat like that when you're hauling the kind of crab gear we do. And oh, you're yeah. pulling halibut over the side of the boat and you got big weights swinging around. Well, the um, shocking thing to me was was the when I looked at the Raymarine Electronics and looked at, you know, I, you, there's there's trip deals that, that I use to, to monitor my fuel. But there was also one since the life of the boat. We put over 20,000 miles on that. Jeez. Holy so cow. over 10,000 miles in southeast Alaska alone. Yeah. Dude, that, that's, that's incredible. That's some green water over the over the over the windshield, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of blue water under it. <laughs> so, but but that's, you know, you want to you want to learn what a boat can do and how to improve a boat. There is absolutely no substitute for experience and time on the water. There's not. Which which is why um our first guest in 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 the show is Joel Martin. So Joel Martin um, has become a dear close friend, and he runs FishBaronoff.com in Sitka. And, you know, we've talked about this before. You will learn so much up in Southeast. So let's just contrast this to a charter trip, okay? So say you jump in Austin Mosier's boat, and you go over to Rufus Woods, and he's going to show you a bunch of tricks, but he's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Right. Say so you go out here on, on Marine Area 10 with Nikki Kester, you know, and, and you have a great day on the water. But but Nikki is such an expert boat operator and running runner of the gear, stuff like that. Unless you're right over his shoulder and watching, watching, you're not going to you're not, you're gonna, not really going to get it. But but if you go to fishbaronoff.com, you're running the boat. Right. And and that's the key is that there there's a lot of fish there that are willing to teach you. Mm-hmm. And you're you know you're going to learn how that fish how those fish use that structure and use that habitat and and just you're, you're going to just more experience and more time on the water and you're going to come home with a full fish box. Well, and you're also in you May. also you also have Joel there. <laughs> yes. And look, the first year I went up there, 
I noticed that Joel was there before we came down yeah. in the morning, and oh, we're yeah. usually down there before most folks. Joel's there before everybody, and Joel's the last guy to leave oh, there. without doubt. And Joel has so much experience up there that his job is make sure these guys have a, a nice vessel to go out there, yeah. all the gear they need, and then also the information sure. to to go out there and catch the fish. Yeah, and so um, you know he's going to spend some time over a chart with you, um, if you're up there in May or June, you've you've got a better than a fifty fifty shot of you and I, Joey, mm-hmm. being being there. I'm going to probably end up going up the, up there on the eighth of May and stay until the sixteenth of June, and we'll we'll do three live shows from up there as we have in the past. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just fired at it. So so Joel's going to jump on. He's got a little availability in in, in May and a couple days in June. You you need to take advantage of this because it expands your season. It, it it's another shot of experience in your arm, but dude. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You're going to catch all the halibut you need for the year on that trip. Yeah, then, then you don't. I mean, you know, then you can kind of yeah. relax a little bit yeah. and enjoy your fishing well, down and, here and, and, and other, not feel the pressure to bingo. have to. Yeah, you to know. get some fish. So anyway, that's, and it's like spring training. You're going to go up there and, and you're going to get tuned up. And it's spring in Southeast Alaska. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, come on, give me a break here. Uh, speaking of a break, some boats don't get a break, and if you are the type of person that occasionally leaves your boat in the water. Let's say, you know, you're like like our guys last year that helped us out with the dog derby, right? And taking all the all the UW football players out. Or you're doing salmon for soldiers. Or you just it's and this is a humpy year. Okay. And and folks are going to want to leave their boats in the water. There's going to be more opportunity, more fish available. So I have been diagnosed with skipper syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when my boat's in the water, there's a part of my mind that's always uneasy, kind of wondering what's going on with that. So um, top of the second hour, we got Alex Pushkar of SirenMarine.com. Siren Marine, think of it it this way. It's a little box on your boat that's that's a cell phone, but you're not paying for a cell phone plan, okay? In that box, there's a GPS sensor. It's hardwired to your boat, so it's monitoring your batteries, but very, very little draw, okay? So now with just the basic deal, which is an app on your phone, that's, so the World Wide Web talks to, you know, this thing talks to the web, the mm-hmm. web talks to your phone. So on your phone now you have battery sensor on your, you, you know, what your bolts, volt, bolt, blah, 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 help me. Voltage. Thank you. <laughs> what your bolts voltage is. And you know if it's moving. You also have a high water sensor, yep. which is, for me, that's I'm, the most important thing. I'm getting there. Is there water you, yep. in the bilge? Bingo. And they've so they've got a wireless sensor that you just splice in the power line to your bilge pump, okay? So, bam, you have a bilge pump cycle alarm right there. Then you can plug a little tiny motion sensor into that black box. Okay, so now what do you have? You have security with regard to, hey, there's somebody on my boat. What's going on here? There's motion on my boat, right? You have a high water alarm, so you know if your boat's got an issue. You have a GPS sensor, so you know if your boat's moving, right? All of all of that is is peace of mind. That to is me. peace of mind. Yeah, and, 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 and you're you're heading down to your boat. Oh well, let me just check everything the day. Bingo. How's my battery? Yep. Yeah, battery's fine. Okay, you, no more getting to your boat. And how many guys no. get to their boat and your battery's dead? Dude, surprises are bad. Yeah, surprises. Well, on they a take boater. they take it's, you off the water. Never, oh, look, this thing on my boat is suddenly working that wasn't working yesterday. Yeah. No, that's not how it works at all. All right. Uh, okay, so Alex is going to join us, and then of course uh, Mark Pigeon, president of Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation. Go check out w4wc.org. Um, this guy has. 
discovered that uh, the the commission may not currently be made up with legal or or you know certainly not well vetted but maybe illegal appointees <gasps> that They're are doing... not that are not following the law something illegal yeah happening? so check it out oh. all right so give us 90 seconds uh load up that text toy uh, 866-979-3776 give us 90 seconds we're going to be right back to tell you why this isn't the off season it's the preseason right here on the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 seattle sports app from the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. That's Joey Pyburn, Matt Nelson running the board this morning. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in. Pour a cup. We got some good stuff uh, from the 206. Hey, guys, is your boat going to be in the Seattle Boat Show with all these changes? Um, my personal boat will not be. Um, but I'll be doing demos. We're going to have the boat in the Port of Everett. And uh, during the run of the boat show, we're going to be able to just run people down and, uh, you know, take a hot lap around uh, around Puget Sound. There will be a brand new 30 OSXL in the show that has 90% of, of these changes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the new bottom sheet cut and, and the rest of the stuff, it won't have the experimental rod holders, right? But, uh, you know, that's that's something that uh, will we'll probably come out. But, you know, before you put any of these changes on a production boat, you got to make sure they work, you know. And I'm, what, pretty sh- what- I'm pretty sure they're going to work. Right. Uh, I love the idea of, if, when especially at the back helm, when you're run if you're running the boat and maybe you're trying to run a jig rod or you, something, a lot of times you got to, that rod just has to get put, put somewhere yeah, quickly, bam. right? And, man, it's just right there on the side. So I think it's going to be a – I think – we're going to see a lot you, more of that on boats. You know, you got to you you run the balance between running the boat and having a rod in your hand, right? And if you can just have a secure place to sit that rod, it's out of the way. Your hands free to grab the net, whatever you need to do. I mean, you you know, you never. It, it's going to kill some. It's going to kill a few more fish, I think, throughout kill, the season. It's going to kill fish. Um, all right, so look, it, a lot of people just really don't take advantage of this of this kind of lull inactivity right and and man you need to on so many different fronts right and and maybe it's just organizing your stuff but i I, i'm I'm telling you you know we're even you know have the potential to get a a, a skagit river steelhead season right well when's last time you you blew the dust off the old freaking steelhead rod right yeah you know and and how long's that line been on there (laughs) do does your reel even can you even turn the crank on your reel anymore, right? I mean, a lot of guys, they put that stuff away. Or your your steelhead bag. I have a bag with all my steelhead yeah. stuff in it that I haven't looked in there since I didn't fish. I didn't yeah. – I don't think I steelhead fished last year. <sighs> so, well, this, so you know, the Skagit wasn't right. open. I didn't, I didn't steelhead fish. So all it's right. been two years. My stuff's been sitting in the garage. Yeah, it doesn't improve with age. It's not fine wine. No. And and another thing too, if if you use like me, if you tie leaders on pipe insulation, okay, and we do, we tie a pile of leaders on them, and we always keep that that pipe insulation. We have a, we have a satchel that we mm-hmm. keep that thing in that you can really you know you can look at the top and see the top of the roll, kind of see what you need, pull them in, pull them out. Right. I used to keep those things out on the back deck on a on a on a leader tree, right, but. You you They'll get, get smoked dude, out there. They get sun. Salt, they sun. Cold. They get salt water. Yeah. And so what? <laughs> how did I learn this? Um, those closed cell pipe insulation will still take and hold some salt on the outside of it. And if you 
let those things soak and get salt in there. And even if you clean it off, you think you're done. No. If you tr- if you use those things and tie leaders and stick le- stick hook points in that salty foam, guess what you get? They'll get rusty. You get rusty mm-hmm. hook points, right? And so over time, you'll 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 see that you know, like if you had some steelhead leaders tied on pipe insulation, right, or or, or rubber worms or whatever, and you leave it for a couple of years. Check those hook points because yeah. that's that's not a preservative technique in I any way, I shape, have, or form. I bet I have a bunch of pre-tied stuff that's that's. Dude, soaked. I had some stuff I had to throw away. Yeah, I mean they're gone. You can't once once a hook and and I and and I am a gamakatsu hook freak. I love them. Okay, but dude, you put any hook in salt water, even fishing it, and we've seen this. You you can feel the difference in in a hook, whether it be a spoon. Or a bait presentation, or a hoochie, doesn't matter. You put that hook in the saltwater environment, and you drag it around, maybe hit bottom a couple times, whatever. It ain't the same hook. No, and we you check pull- our hooks every time. Some, you know, anything comes up, you check your hook. Dude, right? we burn hooks every day. And if they're, if it's at all, if it's not sticky sharp, ditch it. If get, you're get another hook on there. If you're coming into a new season and you don't have new hooks on everything, <laughs> you. You got to check your priorities, dude. Mm-hmm. There's one less cup of Starbucks, okay, and buy buy some new hooks. I mean, I, I I ordered all the hooks I need for this year, and it was an obscene amount of amount of coin. But so, it's absolutely key to get that done. So we got uh, a question here from the four two five. Seven days a week for Area Ten. What's your guess for days on the water? We're we're not going to know that until we get out there. Yeah, we're, we're going to get and a little bit of test fishing and, data. And, and, and great and, question four two five. That is absolutely a great question on 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 eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Um, so it's it's obviously it's all about catch per unit effort. And estimating catch per unit effort is all about our test fishing data. And test fishing data is all about their availability of being on the water. You're limited by weather, and we've had some weather. We've had some nice days too, but also I I question whether or not if you're test fishing. So let's say right now here we are that we're almost through the second week of January. How viable or how much correlation is there between the test fishing you did in the first eight or nine days of January and what that fishery is going to look like in the first week of February. My position is that's a fundamentally different fishery. Well, you're also talking about one boat. Yes. Out there. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> There's probably a WDFW boat and a tribal boat that, okay. are, that are test All right. fishing. So right. two boat, you got two boats out there. It's a big area. It takes a while. Even once the whole fleet gets on the water, it yeah. takes a little while to figure out where are the fish, where's sure. the bait, all that stuff. You got two boats out there. It's going to take those guys a while to get tuned in. And it, you're, you've, you've got three metrics that will trip this fishery. Okay, you got total encounters, which which are more than last year in Marine Area Ten, seventy one fifty. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got sublegal encounters. Sub, sub, excuse me, sublegal marked and sublegal unmarked. Okay, so there are three metrics that you can hit and trip this fishery. Okay, so absolute conjecture, but I would say seven days a week, you're lucky to get to March. That's what I think too. And and this fishery is slated to go through March. I don't think we got a snowball's chance in Phoenix of this thing getting getting April first, right? You know, getting to getting to March thirty first. It, no, that's not. There's going to be. It's going to be busy, and you can't you can't hang your hat on effort shift either, because you know when 
we get our we get our area five CQ opportunity. You're not going to bleed people from Puget Sound out to CQ. No, there's people that are going to be heading out to CQ, and that's you know that's going to be a wonderful another wonderful fishery, which I just can't wait to get out there too. So. It, that thing's. You know, that's become like one of my favorite times well, of the year. You and, know, you and, finally get it. That's where you finally get to run yeah, into some mature fish. You do. Right? For sure. You know, the, and obviously there's going to be some decent fish caught here in Area 10. Last year there were some nice fish caught. Um, but CQ is where you have a legit chance to run into one of those high teen, right. maybe a 20-pound Chinook. Well, look at, you know, the Straits of Juan de Fuca, when, when, you, when you look at – the Straits of Georgia and Puget Sound and Marine Area 7, man, there's a kind of a neck point right there where you get all the fish coming out of Washington and, and, and Canada and you get all the fish coming into Washington and the Straits of Georgia and Canada, right? So I found a slide for my PowerPoint presentation I'm giving, and it's called Spring Straight Chinook, and I'll be giving that of the boat show. It's very illustrative of, of this concept and why CQ is what it is because you're out there in a bottleneck of – a whole bunch of fish heading to a whole bunch of point sources. Add the fact that there have been, historically, according to tag recovery data, there have been Columbia River springers that have been encountered and taken in CQ in March. Oh, that, are, that would be that such, such a, a bummer that would be if horrible, I caught a Columbia it? River springer exactly. before it got to the river. All right, we're, we're, we got lots to talk about about that, but tell you what. Let's go to Sitka. Let's go to Southeast Alaska. Let's call our friend Joel Martin and, and pick on him for a few minutes. You need to make time for this. Uh, you know, this this is this is kind of going to be a bit of a sad Sitka at times this year because Dory Monson is not yeah, is not going to be with us up there, and he loved this fishery so much, and uh, we loved having him up there. But I tell you what, um, this is a great way to not only get some fish in your freezer, more importantly. Feed your soul with that, that those Sitka scenery, but the, but Southeast Alaska in the springtime, you got to experience it and run your own boat and learn about this fishery. Joel Martin, FishBaronoff.com, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station and Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports App. We look north to a guy that's south of us right now. I don't know if that's going to make any sense, but here we go. Joel Martin taking a vacation in the desert, okay, to talk to us a little bit about southeast Alaska. Good morning, Joel Martin of FishBaronoff.com. How are you doing? Morning, Joel. Good morning, guys. You, you, had to go, morning, uh, you, had to, you had to go get a look at the sun? Yeah. It's tough being in 80-degree weather this time of year. <laughs> Don't rub it in, man. Do not rub it in. You know, you, you may not go to southeast Alaska for the weather, but there's a whole nope. lot more you go there for, Joel. Tell us a little bit about what folks can expect if they visit you in fishbaronoff.com in the beautiful scenic Sitka, Alaska. Oh, man, it's going to be a big, busy year this year. Um, I think the fishing is going to be great this year. We have... Uh, you know, it sounds like there's some good king fishing going on out there. I know lots of guys that have been out doing it, um, and they all caught lots of king salmon. Um, this last couple of weeks ago, they had a little derby in town. A bunch of guys got together, and they all caught a lot of kings. So, well, um, you look at the hatchery production down here, yeah. most of those fish are up there, and, and those are kind of the fish that we're fishing on when we're up there, you know, in May. Those are a lot of our fish headed back this way, you know, Canadian fish, Washington fish, and uh, 
you know, it's good to see a lot of winter blackmouth being caught yeah, up there. It's, 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 it bodes well for May. Sitka's a salmon super highway and always has been, Joel Martin. And, uh, you know, early, early in the season, we're, we're, we're privy to some, some research that's, that's typically done by, by NOAA. And, and, and before we get our, our actual forecasts, we see the NOAA Oceanic Productivity Stoplight Chart, which, which, depicts a bunch of oceanic conditions, temperature, salinity, food availability, copepod productivity, upwelling, a whole bunch of stuff. The year 2021, which it was a very important year for a lot of the fish we're going to catch today, was the fifth most productive in the past quarter century. And that's not good just... Ocean, good ocean conditions for all those fish yes. that went out. And so when we hear of feeding conditions like that in Joel... What was the herring spawn in, in Sitka last year? Was it? A, oh, I think it was over 100 miles. Like 120 miles? of, of Yeah, of, it, was, it was a great, we had a, a phenomenal, you know, a few years back, I think it was only down into the, I, I want to say 30 or 40 miles. It was this water temperature change and um, it, it just it just helped the bait. The bait fish is just amazing right now, it seems to be. So you got wonderful, um, wonderful ocean feeding conditions. You, you've got a healthy herring population in Sitka Sound. You've got a world class halibut population. World class halibut fishing, no question about yep. it. The advantage to renting a bolt from Joel is you get two halibut a day with no size restrictions, right, Joel? If, if you as it sounds, yes. Yeah, yes. and if you, if you go with a charter boat, you, you're going to get one. One with, you, within a slot. You know, bottom, last year it was four. The bottom line is for everybody in the Pacific Northwest that's used to fishing in, in, in where you guys are at, in Washington or Oregon, there's limited limited seasons. When they come and rent a boat from me, the bottom line is is they get to fish for all the multiple species at the time, as long as they're same day. Everything's the same open. Day. That's the coolest thing about this. It might not be the best halibut day, but it's going to be a good rockfish day or a good salmon day or a good lingcod day. They're going to always have an opportunity to catch fish. It's not limited to time constraints and days and things like that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, there were multiple days when we would go out, we would go target our halibut first. Yep. Because that's kind of the, you know, you got to go a little ways, you got to anchor up, there's a lot to it. Then you go try to bang out your Chinook. And if you get that done, now now you got two checked off the list. Now it's two lingcod and rockfish. And so there are many days where you come in and we pretty much have our, our full limit for the boat of everything. You know, and I saw a bunch <laughs> of the guys who came up and rented boats from Joel. It's crazy watching everything, them offload dude. all these fish onto the dock, you know. I mean, everybody's happy. Everybody's catching fish. So Joel Martin, fishbaronoff.com. Tell us about the boats. Tell us about the deal. How do people take advantage of this really cool situation you have up there at fishbaronoff.com? The boats are 21 footers with Yamaha Pro? Yeah, I run a mix. I mix a, I run a mix, but most of them are all 21 footers now. There's a pile of them in the fleet. Um, they're all newer vessels. They all have, you know, they all come fully loaded with the fishing gear. And as long as people know how to read a GPS and feel confident with going out on the ocean safely and, uh, um, and put their fishing skills to work, it usually pays off pretty easily. Most people find it very, very easy to figure their way around Sitka um, and learn. Some of them learn the hard way where the rocks are, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for people to get to experience the, the fishing in Sitka. You grab a boat, comes loaded with fishing gear. You know, it's super simple. You get off the plane, 
you go to your Airbnb or your hotel where you're staying, you come see me, and then on the private dock you go, and away you go fishing, and you come back and you process your fish. It's super simple. Um, we do have some availability in May and beginning of June still, and some at the tail end of the season in August and September. Um, it's a, uh, I, I would highly recommend if people want to do their summer traveling for 2023, we're still seeing uh, influx of backwash from COVID years of people making plans and not yep. getting to do them and things. Yep. And so it's another super busy year in Southeast Alaska again, from what I can see last year was probably one of the biggest years I've seen in a long time. Well, the cruise ships, like you say, are just getting back on their feet. And and last year yeah. it was funny because we went through, you know, the, the, you know, in 2019 and 2020 and there was no cruise ship at all. Now they're starting to come back, and now they've got an accelerated schedule, like you say, because of the backlog of, of, of demand. And so, yeah, we got a book. I mean, you you called me back in October and said, listen, ding dong, get your dog on dates because it's it's getting tight. And now it's tight, okay? But here's what I want, here's what I want to tell people, Joel, and you can add on to this too. We spend so much time with the people that come up there. We talk to them about gear. We talked about places to go. We're down on the dock helping them rig stuff up, and that's what you do in the morning. You you get everybody, you're herding all these cats and spending time with folks on charts and showing them where to go and showing them how to do it, Joel. Yep, that's what we do. And we want everybody to go home with a box of fish. And if you and can enjoy their time and, and be part of the family on the dock with everybody. That's exactly it's, it's, it's it. An too. Amazing, it's an amazing um it's an amazing thing. Everybody will enjoy it. Yeah, and there's no secrets. I mean, no, we want, the, the information flows it freely. Does, um, for sure. And, and that's one of my favorite parts is going down early, yeah. sitting and drinking coffee, having a little breakfast, and talking to guys about, well, what did you guys do yesterday? Yeah. What are you after today? Where are you going? And a lot of guys have questions about, hey, we want to try to get some halibut. Where should we go? How do we do it? And and then, look, it goes both ways. Hey, they might have yeah. been on a crazy good Chinook bite the day before, and they yeah. let Tom and I know, and, yeah. and maybe we didn't get our Chinook the day before. Now we're going to go, you know, use yeah, their information and, and get even. But yeah, yep. it's, it's definitely definitely a two way street. But it, it's a simple. <laughs> Tom likes to get even. Oh, I, yeah, do, like I, do, like, even. I do like to get even. <laughs> but but Joel, so what I would tell people is, look, if you've ever used a piece of marine electronics before, and you can you 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 can you know what a sounder looks like, you know what a fish looks like on a sounder. And a chart plotter, if you can follow a track on a chart plotter, all these, all, all the electronics on all Joel's bullets are all loaded with these waypoints. And, you know, you're going to get a crash course in how to fish southeast Alaska. But I, I just, <clears throat> I'm fired up, buddy. I, I can't wait to get up there. We, oh, it's uh, going to be a great year. I'm it is, super dude. excited. I'm hoping the weather's great. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a good salmon season this year. I hope it is. <laughs> we can uh, only go by what it says on the on the computer machine about the forecast. And can I, it's, um, it's looking good. Can I give uh, Can I give your, your your phone number out? Yeah. So uh, fishbaronoff dot com. Fishbaronoff dot com. You want to go fishbaronoff at gmail dot com or go to the website fishbaronoff dot com and that has Joel's number on it. Joel's number is nine zero seven seven four seven. 
this is going to be my thirty-first oh, year fishing Sitka. Seven nine zero seven seven three eight ninety ninety. I'm sorry, dude. I got seven four seven hardwired. Nine zero seven seven three eight ninety ninety is is Joel's number. Uh, Fishbaronoff.com. Joel, we thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. We look forward to hanging out uh, with I you. I can't wait to see you guys. So yeah, are you? I can't either, buddy. Let, let me ask you this: Last year, you filled the back of my truck up with a bunch of gear, and the year before, you filled my truck up with a bunch of lead. What are you filling my truck up with this year before it gets shipped up in in in, in April? Probably nothing. Okay, deal. <laughs> That's a good deal. <laughs> I don't want to work you too hard. <laughs> He's Joel Martin. Go check out fishbaronoff.com. All right, buddy. Enjoy your vacation. Looking Thanks. forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you. You, you bet, man. All Thanks right. for your time Later, this morning. Joel. We'll talk to you soon. Take All care. Right. Thank you guys. Bye. All right, man. Take it easy. Coming up next, Ring Ring Picks of the Week here for the smack dab middle of January right here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. The concept you need to grasp is multifunction navigational displays. And you see it in the literature as MFDs. What is that? What does that mean? It's no longer just a chart plotter. It's no longer just a fish finder. It's no longer an autopilot. It's also your stereo. It's your radar. It's everything in one display, including your engine instrumentation. If you want that kind of flexibility, you want that kind of performance, you need to get a multifunctional display from Raymarine, Raymarine raymarine.com. Well, we're hearing about a few steelhead around. If, if, uh, you know, if you do, you have to be motivated. If you gotta go get out and, and do some fishing right now, um, there's some fish around. There is. The Snoqualmie's had uh, probably the the best run of hatchery fish we've seen. Uh, the sky's been pretty slow, but I've heard of a few wild fish on the sky. There's some wild fish around, some early ones. Um, some some of my buddies were up on the on the Skagit system, um, hooked a couple, landed a really nice one. That's early. Uh, that bodes well for hopefully that season we're going to get in February. Um, I don't know. You know, the the North Fork, I think the Stilly probably had a pretty decent run uh, of hatchery fish, too. So you could check out the Stilly. And then, you know, we're kind of winding down our, our waterfowl season here. We got the news that we're not going to get a, a brand season, season in Skagit County. Man? So, look, here's the deal. They, they fly that and they do yeah. a count. And there's got to be 3,000 brant in Skagit County for them to have a season. And there was like 2,400 or something like that. But I was talking to Kevin John yesterday, and, and the last couple of years, they've flown like the day after a, a really big blow that kind of pushes those brant out of there. So it's, I, I was seeing a lot of brant down here, you know, out in the Everett area. Yeah. So it kind of moves those birds around, and then they go out and they do their count. And they come up with a low number. So that's a bummer. Everybody else, um, you know, Pacific County, Clallam County, those hunts are all going. And there's a bunch of days in, left here in January to get out and hunt some brant. Yeah, that that disappointing to hear about about that because, you know, people, well, okay, brant, you know, by the time brant season rolls, dude, brant are phenomenal eating. They're, they're my favorite eating waterfowl. Well, and, they're, and it's one of those something. things that you don't get an opportunity very often, and, and it's limited days. So it, a brand is one of those birds that guys, you know, they want to go out and, and get their brand. Even if it's one bird, they want to get that brand. A lot of guys want to, you know, a trophy brand. They want to mount that bird. And then other guys, you know, that's their, their focus is to go out and, yeah. and shoot some brand. I know my Uncle Ray – uh, he's actually driving home right now from a two-day hunting trip up on 
on Whidbey Island where he shot a bunch of ducks. And that was, he was super excited about going out there. Um, the last time we had a season, he shot a, a double banded brant that was like 15 years old or something, you know? So yeah, kind of a bummer, but let's hope next year we, uh, we get our brant season going. Yeah. Um, so got my fingers crossed for that, that Skagit sock fishery. I mean, that has been, you know, so much fun. We, we did our, our friend Josh Hop wrote us down the creek a couple years ago. And, you know, you got one that was just shy of 20 pounds. Just, and the, the, the comment period ends on January 23rd. And that's kind of what we're waiting for is, you know, uh, the feds got to let there be a, a certain period of time there for people to, you know, the public to comment. When that comment period is over on the 23rd, we should hear something hopefully that week and get a season announced. Meanwhile, we are T-minus two weeks away from Marine Area 10, man. Mm -hmm. I just so looking forward to the whole just get back out on the sound, man. You know, we had such a, a it was such a wonderful season last year. Uh, I mean, you, you know, we there was good coho run, solid Chinook fishing before that, right? And, and, you know, this year you're going to tack pink salmon onto that deal too. I, I don't know what to make of the pink run this year. Because if you think back, I mean, pinks obviously run on odd years here, here, here in Washington. We had a lot of pink eggs in the gravel. But we had, we had a lot of gravel moving yeah. because of a profound high water we had last year, basically centering around the 1st of, first of December. And we were in a goose pit in eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. It was 70 degrees. You know, I mean, it was insane. And of course, that followed an early October snow, which, uh, you know, didn't didn't really uh, it, 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 you know, it helped out the deer hunting. But boy, I tell you what, when you got you get a heavy rain on top of on top of early snow. Sure. That's that's well, a, e- even if we don't get a huge return of pinks, there's going to be a lot more fish in the there sound. Is. There I mean, is. Yeah. It, even a even a small run of pinks is going to be, there's going to be a bunch of fish. Well, and, and even talking, you know, to Joel last segment, Joel Martin, fishbaronoff.com, F-I-S-H-B-A-R-A-N-O-F.com. I got lit up on the text mm-hmm. toy, 97937. Slow down to what, if, you know, give us that, give us that, give us, oh, whoops. I even, there we go. Fish, the guy was looking for fish, bear, and off. Fish, bear, and off. No, that's, no, that's, that's different. That's, that's a good, a good one from the 509 though. Somebody from Eastern Washington. So, you know, you're, you're looking at every indication you have from today's report of the first Springer over Bonneville yes. to looking at the forecasts that were announced last month for both our Springer fisheries on the Columbia and some early fall information that's going to drive our buoy 10 opportunity. That translates into opportunity up and down the coast. What's the common denominator to all these runs? Obviously, it's oceanic productivity. 2021 had the had the fifth best oceanic productivity according to the science according to the research that we've seen in the past quarter century. So if you can't get fired up over what we've seen the past couple of years on the Chinook front, what we've seen the past couple of years over the Coho front, with with an added you know pink lining, if you will, to what we're going to see later this year, then man, you go buy some golf clubs because I got nothing for you. Well, and and our fishery in Area Ten last year was was good. Then we went to CQ. There were, I mean, there were so Hammer, many fish out there. Hammer we, time. We kind of screwed that yeah. fishery up. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fish out there right now. A lot of fish. There's a bunch of the coastal streams too that have been pumping out yep. lots of yep. fish. And and these next couple of years is when those fish are going to be returning. As as much as we hear about 
and and you know worry about salmon habitat and other issues man you just give these critters a chance you stack up a bunch of good snow packs in a row you provide these fish good spawning habitat you open up habitat that's been closed with anadromous barriers for years um we don't have a monster egg scouring flood like you know we didn't have one this year which is great and just get a little help from the ocean. And guess what? These fish are amazingly resilient and will bounce back. Well, in the ocean, you know, when all those small push out, all these small fish push out into the ocean, they need all that creel to feed on. And then as they're moving back down and and needing to pack on some weight, these herring spawns we've had, not yeah. just in Alaska. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember last year, but Canada had a, a phenomenal herring spawn and and we also have had really good herring spawns here in the Puget Sound. So that's what we need to get these fish back on track. And uh and then obviously, you know, we're 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 feeding our orcas, so we're pumping yep. out lots and lots of hatchery There we go. Chinook. Yeah. That's and that's the other thing we really haven't talked about too, is we've seen an uptick in hatchery production. You and know. and these and next few years is when we're going to see that really that is up. we are going to get traction on yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. And 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 in particular the North Sound. Mm-hmm. Where you're seeing the Wallace Rack, um, you're seeing two two million Chinook, and that's going to be four. Tulalip Bay, Battle Creek, all that kind of stuff. Tulalip Creek, two million. Well, that's going to be four. Yeah. Okay. That's a you're, game changer. Yeah, you're seeing enhancements, you know, in, in the Stilly system too, and so and, and which is which is the constraint on our fisheries right now. So, and we'll know more about this, and that's kind of why you know February is a cool month too, because we will start getting some of this, you know some of the grist from the mill, some of the raw material salmon forecasts that are going to be the by you know the information by which we craft our seasons. And it's always fascinating to get get all that information out there for sure. What we also need is a jam-packed hour to check. Alex Pushkar, uh, sirenmarine.com, peace of mind while your boat is in the water and you're not. The Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Les Schwab and of course and now Mark Pigeon, present president of w4wc.org this is washingtonians wildlife conservation washingtonians for wildlife conservation and their pending lawsuit against olympia for their unlawful commission practices and the decisions that have come out of the bridge very important segment coming up here on the outdoor line all right give us a couple minutes we're right back here with our two right here in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app